Hey Pathways, what's going on? Pastor Michael here with your Table Talk. Super excited for this episode and what we have in store for you guys. We're going to be jumping into apologetics and how apologetics can actually benefit your home and and how they could actually uh, be a detriment to your home. So we're excited for this podcast, excited that you're going to be listening to this. And also because it is the Christmas season, Merry Christmas to you guys. We're glad that you are a part of our church family. You know, before we go any further, I want to introduce to you guys the guest for today's podcast. Uh, he's a really, really good friend of mine. Uh, he's, he's been a youth pastor for over 10 years now, I can can say that. He's a father, a husband, and, and also he's an apologist, having graduated from Cross Examines uh, Instructor Academy. Uh, his name is Dave Skane. So Dave, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. That's a pretty awesome opening there. Thank you. That's yeah, very absolutely. Honor. No, we're, we're glad that, that Dave's here. Uh, Dave is actually a, someone who's really special to our family. He, you know, my, myself and Savannah and our, our boys, he actually officiated our wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is awkwardly in all of the pictures of us, our, our first kiss, <laughs> yeah. like staring down at us. It's it's, it's absolutely awesome. <laughs> I absolutely didn't know else, awesome. where else to look. So... <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, so now I get uh, not, not, the butt of the joke now <laughs> every time it comes up. <laughs> no, we're, we're thankful for Dave, and we're excited for what uh, for Dave's uh, knowledge uh, on this this topic. So as we, we get into this, let's, because we've got so many people from so many different backgrounds listening to this podcast, let's back up a little bit. You know, we mentioned the word apologetics. Uh, can you explain to us what apologetics are? What, what are apologetics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apologetics really comes from the Greek word apologia, which would mean to defend. And, um, you know, a key verse for that would be 1 Peter 3.15, uh, just uh, a pa- paraphrase one of the translations, I guess, but just that uh, to always be ready for the hope that you have and to do so with gentleness and respect. And so as, as believers... Uh, what are we defending? Well, we're defending the gospel. We're defending uh, the resurrection, the truth of scripture. And so we have to have something to defend, which we'll get into. But that's kind of the idea that apologetics uh, is reasons for the hope that we have. Yeah, that thought of, of reasons for the, the hope we have. Actually, uh, um, a couple months ago here, we, we took a group of our students to uh, at, at Pathway Students to uh, Standard Reasons Reality Apologetics Conference, and and we learned just this, all of these different things, and, and really, if if I could sum it sum it up for you guys, really, it's it's just knowledge of your foundation. It's mm-hmm. having knowledge of of what you believe, so that you can defend your beliefs and defend your worldview and and what you believe. So so that's a, a picture of what apologetics are. Um, now, then the, the real question and, and what we really want to get into in this podcast is more so how that affects our home. Because it's one thing to know that, but it's a whole other thing on looking at our homes and how apologetics actually can impact our, our kids as they grow up and, and also our home. So why does this matter for, for people who are our parents listening to this podcast? It's a great question. Uh, I mean, it matters because you you look at you know, just how relativity um, is just skyrocketed in our culture. The, you know, what is truth? Well, truth is whatever you want it to be. And you do you. And well, this feels good to me. So I'm, I'm just going to follow my heart. And that's going to be my truth. Uh, and while, you know, we hear those from from Oprah, or we hear that in, in different 
in different ways, uh, that's actually not a biblical idea. It's that the heart is deceitfully wicked, uh, that we, we can't follow our heart, uh, that we should guard our heart. We should uh, question our heart at times. And so uh, it has deep, deep thoughts to it, or it has deep meaning to it in the sense that what are we teaching our kids? Because our kids are absorbing something, uh, but is that a uh, truth found in Scripture? Or is that a, tr a truth found just in the culture, which really may not even be true to begin with? The stats are staggering when it comes to uh, a biblical worldview. And we talked about this a little bit offline of just the, the number of uh, approximately 70 million people are uh, identified as Gen Z, that they're born between 1999 and 2015. Right, which is just crazy that we have. I mean, I, I look at that all the time at, with the youth group. You know, we, we serve teenagers, and uh, sometimes kids tell me their birthdays, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you should be, like, in kindergarten. Like, why, yeah. how are you a teenager? I know. They, they, they get younger and younger. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Aren't you, like, in third grade? Like, no, you're – No, 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 you're a – you're a ninth grader. And I am old enough to be their dad now. So it's just really weird in, in a lot of sense. But but just that there's been this rise in uh, just people's beliefs in worldview in general. 34% of uh, the population th is religiously affiliation. There is no religiously religious affiliation. They're known as the nuns, atheist, agnostic, or just none in general, teens are uh, twice as likely than their parents to be atheists. Um, more than half of Gen Z says that church involvement is not too important or not at all important. 51% uh, of teens that were surveyed uh, said that, or I should say that Gen Z that was surveyed, 51% said that uh, happiness is the greatest goal in life. Wow. That happiness, that this thought of what makes you makes you happy mm -hmm. is is the ultimate goal mm -hmm. and foundation for your your life. No matter no matter wow. what it is. So uh, if I said that, you know, uh, you know, selling insurance, that makes me happy. Okay, that's that's great. But what if, you know, what makes me happy is something related to the Holocaust and right? Yeah, uh, I mean, th there is that hit, that made Hitler happy. So <laughs> right, right. It's a very dangerous. So is he just road. following his heart? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It, it's a very dangerous road that we go down when we devoid ourselves from the truth that is the the gospel. Right. Yeah. And and that's yeah. what our our culture is doing. You know, I think of the uh, years ago it was postmodernism is is what mm -hmm. they would call it. But it's it's this thought of you know truth isn't necessarily truth for, for me, right? Mm -hmm. You know, truth is what I want it to be. Um, you know, it's, it's actually this claim of really subjective truth versus objective truth, right? That, mm -hmm. that subjective truth can, can change based on the subject, right? That would be like me saying that, um, you know, I don't know, chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream is the best ice cream ever, right? Like that, that's it's a, a bold, claim. It's a bold claim. It's a bold claim for, for <laughs> most people, right? Um, that is, that's a subjective opinion. That's not actually sure. truth versus objective truth, which would look more like 
you know, chocolate chip ice cream is a ice cream or it is my favorite ice cream, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, it's interesting how you go down that road of subjective and objective and re- really relativism mm-hmm. and how that, you know, this they're not being basically an absence of absence of truth, how that has led a generation of Jesus followers um, to, to actually kind of throw their beliefs to the side. Mm-hmm. And to say, you know what? Happiness is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And I think this beautifully illustrates why this matters in the home, why mm-hmm. we need to ensure as parents that we are teaching our kids proper theology mm-hmm. and, and that we as parents have proper apologetics to defend what we believe and to train them up in what we believe. I think of mm-hmm. uh, Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 6 through 9, which, which says this, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You know, the writer of Deuteronomy here is not talking about like this Sunday morning kind of faith. He's talking about a faith that is active and living. And that comes from knowing what we believe. It comes from knowing the, the, knowing the theology we believe and having the apologetics to actually back up the things that we believe. Mm-hmm. That's good. And even just, you know, that when... In John 14, sits that when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, that truth is, it needs to be fundamental to who we are because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, that, you know, the exclusivity of Jesus um, is something that we we can't get around as as Christians. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it wouldn't fit in in the puzzle or the 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 worldview of Christianity imagine that you had a puzzle for a second and well wait does this puzzle have all the as a parent does this puzzle have all the pieces that's a great question <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's that's totally true that you need to make sure that you have all the pieces and you need to make sure that you have the right pieces and not pieces from other puzzles as you're mm. trying to, you know, put together this puzzle that we would call a, a biblical worldview, uh, that it, it you you could try as you might to to make it fit, but it won't fit if you take puzzles from other places. Uh, so yeah, so you you're really saying that uh, what you're really saying is that as Christians, the Bible should be the thing that we view our world through. Absolutely. And that has to be where our puzzle pieces come from. We can't take some puzzle pieces from society and from culture and from what's popular right now and try to fit them into our puzzle because that's not what our puzzle's designed to, to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what you're, you're laying out for us. Yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. And I, I, so I, I think one of the big reasons that this is a passion area, obviously for, for both of us as, as youth pastors, um, is because we have seen, uh, or, or at least we're starting to see um, the effects of, how kids have been raised and the apologetics that they have been taught. And, mm. and the crazy thing is that it's not always necessarily a, a purposeful thing. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's not necessarily always something um, that parents mean to teach their kids. Sometimes it's in the unsaid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's in uh, what you sing and what you listen to and um, th- some of the, the situations that you, you get into. Like I, I think of my, my son, Liam, um, 
he has been struggling with this concept of angels. Um, we, we've been, so for those of you who don't know, Liam is my, my three-year-old and Liam has got his mindset that there are angels that protect us, which is theologically correct, right? That's, that's true. Um, and one day he's just started talking about it. We're on our way home from, from youth group and we, we pull into our, our driveway and he said, I think I see an angel in our yard. And we, we he's like, it's weird. That, that's what he followed up with. It's hmm. weird. Um, and so I'm sitting there in, in this moment, I'm exhausted and I'm trying to think through, okay, what, what do we believe about angels? Time out. Let's take a step back and let's try to figure out, um, figure out what we're, what I'm supposed to say to my kid at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to explain to him what angels are and, and how, um, you know, what, what they, they do for us and how they protect us and all of, all of mm-hmm. those things. Um, and I let something slip out of my mouth that, um, completely on accident could have ruined some of his theology right okay uh so what i what i said was yeah they're really big like a dinosaur mm. right like pretty pretty simplistic innocent thing yeah and he has now been talking about how there's dinosaur angels oh, yeah. walking around our house right oh, and yeah. that they're 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 roaring and they're in our <laughs> yard and yeah. like so so there's a, a perfect example from my broken parenting of like here i'm trying to explain to my kid how to have proper theology. And I, I did something that, you know, what, what's the, the worst that's going to happen on that? Probably nothing. Yeah. But it's something where I didn't mean for him to think that angels look like dinosaurs. Sure. Yeah. But because of my, uh, kind of my lack of preparation, I was like, okay, I need to come up with an answer for this. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and as you get older, there's other things that you hear that sound true, but actually is not a not a biblical thought either. Uh, for instance, well, you know, God helps those who help themselves. I've heard that before. And, you know, as I got older, I'm like, wait a second. So if I'm completely <laughs> selfish and don't think about anybody else but me, God will help me? That doesn't make any sense. That's not that's a, right. That's like a, that's kind of a that's a narcissist, right? Um, or, or you think of uh, I mean, we we actually literally just did this. We were at uh, Milwaukee Burger Company getting a burger before we we recorded this podcast, and we sat down uh, with Wes, who's our our, our youth coordinator here at Pathways, mm-hmm. and we prayed over our meal, our greasy burgers and fries. And what came out of the mouth was, you know, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Uh, Anybody who knows how the body works knows that that's not going to nourish us. <laughs> if you've been to Milwaukee Burger Company and you've had the – and their burgers are amazing. But it's – you know, it's what is the Tim Hawkins line of like, Lord, bless this Cheeto. Change the molecular structure into a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. It's so, like, a, it's yeah. this, this thought of a lot of times we as parents will say things or we'll do things and we mean good by them. Yeah. Uh, but actually, we are impacting the theology of our kids as we as we speak, as we we do things. So, uh, I wanted to kind of get into that. So, what yeah. is the danger of having improper theology and apologetics at home, e- either on purpose or maybe even on accident? Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, we kind of you know last weekend when we were at the apologetics conference, we kind of talked about this in in various ways. One of them being that. If you just stifle kids' questions or curiosity or stifle their doubts, like, no, there's no room for doubt. You just have to believe, like, then that's not good. That's not a safe place to be. 
And if you, you know, you give just a really quick answer uh, and, and not actually researching or, you know, just doing your own study in the word, say, what is, what does God's word say about this? But you just say something that's been regurgitated to you. And now you regurgitate to your kids. Um, that, that doesn't fly anymore. Um, and maybe it, it would fly 20, 30, 40 years ago, maybe, but it doesn't fly now to, to kids that want to know in an age where they're constantly getting bombarded with messages and images that are, what do I think about this? Does the, does the Bible have anything to say about this? Yeah. And if we just tell students, um, you know, no, uh, or, or, or maybe even worse than saying, you know, you can't ask questions is to make up answers. That's right. even worse. Yeah. To answer on the spot and just make something up because you want to have the answers. It, it's like, way, it's it, way it's better so to damaging. say, yeah, it's way better to just say, you know what? I don't know, but, um, Let's research this together. Let's look this up together and see what we find. Um, you know, let's let after a week. Let's, right. Let's let's, let's do come this back together. To this. And I, I think also that's something where you have an opportunity as a parent to to say, you know what, I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. To be really vulnerable with your kids, which we don't want to admit as parents, but it's true, we don't have all of the answers, mm-hmm. and so. For us to be vulnerable with our kids and say, you know what, I don't have the answer for that. But you know, you know what does have the answer for that is is the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to go and let's sit down together and let's look at what the Bible has to say about this subject. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but it's it's so important that we do, especially in the day and age that we're in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we do a question series at Pathway Students uh, pretty much every single year where we allow kids to submit questions. And every year I'm shocked. I'm shocked mm-hmm. by the questions that come from middle school students, mm-hmm. that come from, from high school students. And, and they're very, like, they're heartbreaking, really intense questions that they're, they're struggling with. They're wrestling with. They're trying to, to figure out. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, to see how much they want an answer for these questions. And it's become really apparent to me over the years that if we don't answer it as, as parents, as Christians, as church leaders, if we don't answer the questions that people are wondering about, they will go elsewhere. They will go exactly. and find somewhere else that they can find the answers. And there's plenty of sources out there that they can go to that are, are not going to give them the truth, that mm-hmm. are going to give them that, that relativism that you were talking about before mm-hmm. where it's, you know, well, you just believe what you want to believe. You mm-hmm. do what makes you happy. You do what makes you feel good. Yeah. And, and the truth is that, you know, with relativism, no, we don't actually, be, we don't actually believe people who believe in relatives, relativism don't actually believe it. What I mean by that is to say, oh, that's your truth. And this is my truth. We don't live in that reality to, to say, uh, that, you know, oh, whose truth are we talking about here? Uh, I live my truth. And, you know, well, if I said, you know, Michael, you don't exist. Well, you know, well, that's your truth. But it's like, no, you, you exist, whether I yeah, you, feel you can't, it You can't change not. that. No. Right. Uh, or like, the, yeah, I, I think of that. The example I love to give students is, is gravity. Like 
gravity, <laughs> you can't just say, I don't believe in gravity. Yeah. When you wake up, your feet are going to hit the floor. Why? Gravity. Yeah. Right? You can't just say, you know what? There is no... Um, there, there's no objective truth. There is no objective moral standard because you're going to run into both of those things throughout your entire life. That yeah. the truth is, it exists, right? Yeah. It, that we can't live in this place of relativism for yeah. sure. And, and, it, and if somebody stole, if if someone's a, rel, a relativist and someone stole their wallet, is their response going to be, oh, it's okay. They were just following their heart. <laughs> <laughs> or are, you know, are they? <laughs> I would guess not. You right? Like I would guess that that probably is not the direction that they would go. Right? They're they, going to want. They wouldn't. Yeah, they're going to want justice. They're they're going to want to know. Well, who did this? Well, how do you know without truth? And you know, truth is relative. It's like it, we uh, we bump into reality when we when we take this stand, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work in the in the world that we live in. No, it, it doesn't. So let's. I want to shift gears a little bit here, and I want to get practical. Okay, yeah. I, I want to talk practically, and uh, because our podcast touches everybody who has like little kids all the way through people who have seniors in high school. What I'd love to do is kind of break them down into age categories and have you talk to the parents of of those kids on how they can a ensure that they have the proper. Um, theology also to have the the apologetics they need to you know to defend their faith, but also how they can create an environment for their kids to grow in this area. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's go. We'll go oldest to youngest. Uh, we'll we'll start with high school, right? Well, let's talk about high school and and even middle school students because I, I think that's something that I've I've noticed um, is we can start way sooner than we think we can. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times. Uh, there's, there's parents that are shocked by what their kids actually know and what their kids have actually been hearing from their friends um, wh- when I, I have different kinds of conversations about questions. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk high school and middle school. Practically, how do we, how do we parent them uh, through this and give them those, those proper apologetics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, the, the biggest thing to remember is you know, that apologetics is a defense, that it's what, what are we defending? Well, we have to have some truth. And really the foundation of that is our theology. Having proper theology to defend is huge. Uh, so right. if you, you need to start with what, what do I actually believe? And maybe a bigger, bigger question is, you know, what is Christianity? Is Christianity just, you know, be a good person. And well, you know, well, Christianity is love God, love people. Well, I hate to say it, but love God, love people is still the law. That's not the gospel. Uh, so that doesn't, and that's not a, a full scope of what Christianity is. That's just something that you do. You love people and you love God. But what is, what is Christianity at the basic level? Uh, and to unpack, well, what is the gospel that? Well, there's, you know, in the beginning, uh, not particles, but in the beginning, God created the world perfect. Uh, It was it was paradise. However, because of man, we, we, you know, we messed this up. Jesus comes in the scene. uh, And even though and and the biggest part of that that Jesus comes in the scene is we can't save ourselves. So. We can try as we may to try to save ourselves and figure this out. 
It's only Jesus that can do this. And if we trust in Christ alone, we have salvation and we're forgiven, redeemed. So it's defining what is Christianity a little bit, what is our theology, and then, you know, helping asking those questions to your to your high schoolers. So getting back to the, to that. What do you think Christianity is? Right. You know, what do you think Jesus like what do you think about Jesus? What do you think he came to do? Um why did Jesus say he is the way, the truth, and the life? So, so really what I hear you saying is it's, it's a lot of having the proper theology, right? So, so that's, that's a huge piece of it. And, and that's something that you, you do throughout their, the child's entire life is making sure that they have proper theology. It's why uh, you make sure that you're plugged into a Bible-believing church, right? Mm-hmm. You make sure that your kids are, are you know, in the, the kids' ministry, in the youth ministry, making sure that they're being built into, but also that you at home – are first off that you know what your theology is because I think if we were to ask a lot of parents uh, what they believe, we probably we probably struggle to answer that question. So making sure you have the proper theology, mm-hmm. uh, but then also making sure that we are, are are teaching that to our kids at home, right? So that's the mm-hmm. first piece. But then the second mm-hmm. piece I hear you saying is that we need to be willing as if you are a parent of a high schooler, a middle schooler you need to be willing to have a a place where doubt can happen, Mm -hmm. where questions can happen Mm -hmm. and where your kids feel like they can ask questions without, you know, there being some sort of punishment or some sort of, uh, some sort of, you know, uh, consequence to them asking a question, Mm -hmm. like really fostering an environment where questions are okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would even start if, if we could, I know you asked a question with high schoolers, but I would probably start with, you know, from birth to roughly fifth grade, uh, is you're you're teaching the what to your kids, and and this never actually changes, but you're you're teaching what we believe. You're teaching theology. You're right. you're teaching them that um, you know Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus uh, died for our sins. Basic things. You're teaching that. Um, truth is found in God's word, uh, that Jesus is, um, Jesus is the word that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. You're teaching just these pillars from birth to fifth grade, roughly. Then in junior high, now you're introducing the why. Well, why do we believe that? Like, okay, so I, I know we've, that's what we've said, but why is that? Uh, and, and really, to ask them those questions, like, right. you know, start the conversation by saying, uh, so, you know, I just, you know, just one you know, thing would be one example would, would just be, okay, you believe that God is all powerful, all powerful and all loving, but how do you know that he exists in the first place? Right. At, like you as the parent, ask that to the student, not as a gotcha, but let them wrestle with this. It's actually okay to create some tension and to let them formulate, well, let, let them struggle a little bit. Right. Um, well, because if you don't ask those questions, they're going to come up, come into a video that mm-hmm. asks them those questions. Or they're going to have a friend at school that asks them those questions, right? That that mm-hmm. that challenges their belief a little bit. I mean, I, I my phone is blowing up all the time with students that are – Oh, Michael, I was talking to this friend and this friend said this. Is that true? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. my friend said this about God. Mm-hmm. My friend was my talking about YouTuber. Said my this. favorite YouTuber, or uh, you know, my friend was saying that uh, prayer is stupid because um, God is all knowing and all powerful, um, and, and so why should you have to pray to Him? Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of questions that kids have. And so, how cool is it that you, as a parent, are in the position now where you can say, "I'm going to ask you the question." Mm-hmm. And not a place that's full of shame and guilt or anything like that, but in a place where we're going to wrestle together mm-hmm. and we're going to come out stronger, right? I, I think of the book of Proverbs, right? Iron sharpens iron. We're going to sharpen yeah. our kids mm-hmm. to know the, the truth of the gospel and, and to have this solid biblical worldview where they can actually take what they're learning and apply it to, to life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so good. And and we've, we've said already, you said it, but just to you know, let them ask questions as well. Never shut down their questions because it's just so true that when you shut down their questions, they're not, you're not actually, it's not that they're going to stop asking questions. They're just going to search for it somewhere different else. Source. Yep. They're going to look for it somewhere else. So yeah, they're going to go to a, a different source. And I, I think that, that thought of being able to have this space for doubt. I mean, um, I, I think of uh, the, the, the term of falling away or deconstruction, which really is is this this movement of people that are leaving the church, and I we I know we could talk for forever about that, so I don't want to get too far into that. Um, but this thought of all these people who are leaving the church mm-hmm. as as twenty year olds, as, as teenagers, a lot of them when when you hear their their story, some at some point in time you'll hear that this thought of I wasn't allowed to wrestle with my doubt. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I was told just have faith and you'll figure it out. And we mm-hmm. as Christians, we have to believe that our, our God is bigger than doubts, mm-hmm. you know, that he, he's so much bigger than, than that. I think of uh, Matthew 11, right? You have this incredible story where John the Baptist, the dude that baptized mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. right? That proclaimed uh, that, that he that the Messiah was coming. This dude that actually, uh, if you go back to the Christmas story, right, you, you find out that um, he, uh, when he was like the first one to recognize Jesus, he leapt in his mother's womb. Like yeah. that is how far back they go. And actually, in Matthew eleven, I, parents, I'd encourage you to read this. Um, John the Baptist is beginning to doubt that Jesus. He's in prison and he's beginning to doubt that Jesus is really actually the Messiah. And it's an incredible passage. I encourage you to read. I think it's verses two through eleven, but um, it kind of lays out this beautiful formula for how we're called to doubt. Um, it, it, we're, we're called to doubt out loud, right? Uh, it says that uh, John the Baptist actually was was doubting with some of his disciples. He was doubting out loud. He was doubting with other people. He understood that he wasn't doubting uh, the character of Christ. He, he was he was just doubting what he could see and feel in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he actually went to Jesus and Jesus answers his doubts and how he answers them is with objective evidence, mm-hmm. not feelings, mm-hmm. right? We as parents can can use that, right? That we don't want to answer the question of how you know God is real with, well, I feel him, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to, to do that. Why? Because what if your kid's not feeling right now? Mm-hmm. What if he, your kid doesn't feel God right now or never mm-hmm. does feel God? Yeah. Right. That doesn't change that God rose, <laughs> that Jesus died and then rose from the, the dead. Yeah. Right. That doesn't change any of that. Yeah. That your feelings are real. Right. But they're just not always reliable. Yeah. You, you can't live your life based on your your feelings because there's going to be times where even for myself, I'll, I'll come to church and sometimes the worship is going. It's my favorite songs playing. And man, I am I'm feeling it. 
And there's other times where I'll come into church and I'm not feeling yet. And that's okay because worship isn't about me. It's about worshiping the one true God. Um, and uh, Yeah, it's, it's that, not necessarily how we, we feel, right? Yeah. And, and so for, especially for, um, this applies for elementary, it applies for toddlers, but especially for those middle school, high school years. Um, parents, I'd encourage you, go read that verse and start to go, okay, how can we make our home the kind of home where um, we can have our kids doubt? We can mm-hmm. have our kids question. We can have our kids kind of work through um, the, the evidence for the scriptures. And also, if you don't know those things, right? Maybe you're new to your faith. Maybe you're a first-generation Christian. Hey, that's awesome. Maybe you're mm-hmm. uh, somebody who didn't grow up in the church. I would encourage you to take a deep dive into what you believe and the mm-hmm. apologetics behind it so that when your kids come and ask, you can go, well, this is why. And mm-hmm. there's some great resources out there. Um you know, I, I don't know if you, you have some that you wanted to list, but yeah, yeah, I've got some that we'll, we can get to later, but I think just kind of coming back to, um, you know, teaching, teaching the why with some of these kids, you know, one story is just, uh, Josh and Sean McDowell, uh, both of them now famous apologists, but, but Josh McDowell, uh, wrote more than a carpenter evidence that demands a verdict. And, for his son, Sean, when he was about 19 years old, went through this uh, time in his life where he was doubting the claims of Christianity. And he, he talks about how he went to his dad and he he, just, he was this famous world-renowned apologist. And he just says, right. dad, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that Christianity is real or I don't know if I believe the claims of Christianity. And his, his Josh McDowell's response could have been, how dare you? Do you know who I am? You know, we don't ask questions. Just, do you know what? This would just ruin me. His response was, Sean, that's great. (laughs) 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 He was like, what? (laughs) He's like, because we want you, we want your faith to be your own. And we've raised you in a way that you should pursue truth. And he said something defective, like, if you walk away from Christianity, uh, don't walk away from it because of any other reason except you firmly believe it's not true. Mm. That you should base your decision in truth, right? And and just coming back to that. And so, you know, if if Sean McDowell or Josh McDowell's son would have times where he would doubt, uh, our kids are going to go through seasons of doubt too. And one way to really help this would be as parents to translate or illustrate as much as you can. Uh, so I'll give a couple examples. One would be in regards to uh, homosexuality. Well, you could say you weren't designed for this. And you could illustrate this by saying, you know, take uh, take a, a washer, uh, you know, a washing machine. It's designed to wash clothes. It's designed right. to put, um, you know, pants and... and uh, just yeah, you got you know yeah, yeah. you know yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> but let's just say okay, it it washes things. I'm gonna, maybe I maybe I'll take maybe I'm gonna take some tools like some hammers and I'm gonna take some screwdrivers. <laughs> your, your, your mom's your mom's china set. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, wash like some yeah. really nice plates yeah. and shove them in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put that in there, and what's gonna happen the the first time? Well, it's gonna it's not gonna be great. But it, it probably might survive the first time, possibly. But I tell you what, it is not designed right, to not clean designed to uh, 
screwdrivers and, um, you know, hammers. It's not designed for that. And even more so, if that you did have questions about the machine, what would you do? You wouldn't ask your favorite YouTuber how to use it. You wouldn't ask your friends. You'd go back to, uh, you'd go back to the manual. Yeah. You'd go back to the manufacturer's manual to say, well, how is this? How am I supposed to use this? That there's the the best design for this, the best use of this, of what the purpose is, is what it was designed for from the designer. And so to illustrate as much as you can. Yeah, to use use illustrations as much as you can. That that's really good. Another thought that I had, especially when it comes to, you know, elementary age kids, right? And and really it goes into high school, but elementary age kids is don't don't like parse up the Bible for them. Um I think we, we see this very often where we hide different aspects of the Bible uh, from kids, right? We're like, all right, we want to cover Noah's Ark. We're going to talk about the rainbow. We're going to talk about uh, all the animals on the Ark. and we're gonna, mm-hmm. But we're not going to talk about the destruction and the justice that just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're, we're just going to sweep that under the rug because ah, I don't know if my, my, my kids are ready for mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's a big piece of, um, that that can be the big piece of some doubts for kids because they're like, you know, eventually they're going to go on and, and they're going to sit in a youth group and they're going to be told, hey, uh, you should read your Bible. And they're going to open that story and they're going to read it and be like, I am. W- wait, wait, wait a second. This was the destruction of the world. Like mm-hmm. this is God showing justice and perfect wrath and all these things that we didn't talk about. And, and so making sure mm-hmm. that as they grow up, as their elementary school kids, like teaching them the whole Bible. And I, I think mm-hmm. that applies. I mean, obviously we're, we're trying to put these into age categories, but it applies across the, the board. You know, mm-hmm. it, it applies for toddlers. It applies. Well, you, you got to be a little bit careful with, with toddlers. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember having like nightmares as a kid because of Ursula from Little Mermaid. So you don't want to be like, hey, <laughs> <She> here's <was laughs> terrifying. Here's here's a story of of something absolutely insane from the Bible. Like you 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 want to obviously put some context to it. You you want to be careful with it, but it is something that applies across the board. Yeah. You know. I think that you're 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 nailing it in the sense that that protecting our kids is a short-term goal, but preparing our kids is always a long-term goal that you know we want to protect our kids from certain things so for instance um my my daughter has asked before when we've raised money to help end sex trafficking and she'll you know she's just like what is this for and or she'll ask different questions about things and i'll say you know um honey you know how we've gone on trips before we've gone to the airport and i've you know carried the luggage for you and and I, I carry yours or mommy's or all all our all our you know all the siblings right. like I carry all this stuff uh, imagine that I didn't care, carry any of it and I just had you carry this that you you're not you're not ready to carry that and so I'd say I would tell her you know uh, that honey there's going to come come a time when we'll have this conversation but until then I'm going to carry this for you I'm going to, mm, I'm going to hold yeah. on to this for you and carry this because you're not able to hold the weight of this. So pr- protecting our kids from culture or from certain things in the Bible is maybe a short term thing. 
Um, but I, I would actually, and more so just the culture. I, w- I would actually agree more with, with you, Michael, that we should give the, a, a full scope. But yeah, preparing to, our but, kids. But obviously making sure that it's it's not something that w- we want to give the full context to it, right? If they can't understand yeah. the you know the the why behind it yet we're yeah. giving them the what you know yeah. like like yeah. you were exactly you were saying that's what yeah. we're trying to do I, I think of it this way right like you can be either a lid for your family or you can be a a covering yeah. right what's the difference well a, a lid keeps everything from the outside from getting in right mm-hmm. but the container can't expand at all mm. right it, it can't expand that lid has covered it it is it's sealed right what we want to be is not a lid that holds our family in but we want to be this covering where our, our kids can grow, they can expand, right? There's room for ex- expanding, but at the same time, stuff from the outside can't get in. That's what we want to be for our families and, and, and for our kids. And so I, I think we're, we're definitely on the right track here as we talk through, okay, make sure that your kids, we have a space where your kids can ask questions, right? Uh, make sure that you're teaching them the entirety of the Bible. Make sure that they have a proper theology. Um, but let I want to go in, into toddlers here for just a second mm-hmm. because we know, you know, just as we were talking, right, it's a little bit harder to apply some of these things to toddlers. Do you have any specific advice for um, somebody that's got a three-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. They understand the world just enough to to know to ask some questions, but um, they're, they're still in this, this really early growth and de- development stage. Mm. Well, they are little terrorists that are hard to negotiate <laughs> with at times. Um, that's a good question. I mean, you you just you kind of contextualize, you know, every story for them, even even for even for a three year old. Um, yeah. Well, I think yeah. of um, the, the Jesus Story Book Bible. I don't know if parents, if you haven't yeah. heard of this, I'd encourage you to, to oh, look yeah. it up. Right? Um, it's it's our favorite Bible. But what it does is it takes stories and it gives the full context of the Bible to them. So mm-hmm. every single story points back to Jesus. So the object of Noah Noah's Ark, for example, because that's the example we've been using, isn't that uh, this thought of justice or destruction or any of that is actually about promise. It's about mm-hmm. God's promise to us that he fulfills through Jesus. And so mm-hmm. it points it back to Jesus. So yeah, I think that's, that's huge, but I also think it's actions, right? Mm-hmm. When you have toddlers, it's it's more about actions than it is about what you can what you can say, right? What what you can do. You can't sit down there with a concordance with your kid and like, all right, we're gonna you're three years old, time to read the Bible. Like they're going to really struggle with that. But you know what they're not going to struggle with is is the actions you take, mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. how you live out the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, especially when when you get it wrong as a parent and you can you can say, hey, daddy was wrong, can you forgive me? That's an action step that they they, they connect with and they, they, they get that. And I think you you also nailed on the head with the the Jesus Storybook Bible, is connecting every story back to the gospel. It's bringing it back to the cross. That you know the story of Samson is well when he had long hair he was really strong. When he had short hair he was weak. So the moral of the story is don't cut your hair. That must be <laughs> the moral. It's no 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 that that's not that's not it at all. It's that. You know, no matter how strong or clever that you are, you are not your own savior. You are not your own redeemer. That that's really the moral of the story. Right. That you cannot save yourself. That there is a true and better Samson coming 
that was able to, uh, that was strong enough to take on the power of sin and death. And so to connect it all back, uh, that the Bible isn't a bunch of, you know, disconnected stories, that it's all one story and it's foreshadowing in the Old Testament a coming uh, Messiah. Right. And just help, you know, even just starting there, whenever you're, you know, especially in the Jesus storybook, they'll do that for you in as you're reading it, which is fantastic. Yeah. And this is really the other thing I would say about this. And then, um, you know, we've got one more thing I wanted to say, and then we'll, we'll kind of end here. But um, the other thing I'll say about about that whole that whole thought of our, our kids is, parents, this is a training time. This is an mm. awesome opportunity for you as a parent to begin to look at your theology and, and begin to look at what you believe and why you believe what you believe and train yourself up alongside your kids. Because before you know it, your kid's going to be a teenager and they're going to be asking questions and doubts. And who knows what the world is going to look like? Mm-hmm. We have no clue what the world is going to look like in, mm-hmm. in a couple of years. And so making sure that we are we're doing that, you know. Um, and the last thing, you know, you, you want to talk about actions with toddlers. I wanted to share this story. I think this is, is really cool. I was on a, a home visit the other day with a couple of our, our pastors with this this couple, and um, was was talking to this couple, and they have uh, they have a son who who struggles with drug addi- drug addiction, and they were recounting the first time that he ended up in in prison for the night, and as they're as he was sitting in his prison cell and trying to get through this, he was he's sobbing, but. Uh, he ended up telling his parents that how he get, made it through that night was he was singing the songs that his parents used to sing to him before bed. Mm. These songs, and, and they're just beautiful songs of gospel truth that he had heard sung over him as a kid mm-hmm. that now he was applying to his life. So parents of young kids, you know, don't don't waste this opportunity. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. Your what you sing to your your kids at night, what you tell your kids at night, what you would, you know, we, we talk about the big three. It's bedtime, it's drive time, it's meal time, right? What you're saying in those moments makes a huge impact in the life of your kids, and also in what they believe in their theology and whether or not they can ask questions in those moments. Th- th- those, if, if you did nothing else but focused on those three little those three little times and making sure that they can ask questions, you know what you believe. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, that you're speaking biblical truth and living biblical truth Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. You're going to see just God work and move incredibly in their lives. And you're going to see your home become an environment where your kids can question and ask Mm -hmm. and and share their doubts with you and and work, work through those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to not be afraid to share your own story. If, if you may say, well, you know, I've all I've known is uh, following Jesus. I was, you know, when I was three years old, I gave my heart to the Lord. And what what matters is just going back to the truth. What matters is going back to uh, it, your your story doesn't have to be this horrible, you know, thing where you were selling drugs to kids or something. Like it could just be. <laughs> Man, I, I was anything apart from Christ. Uh, he he has saved me, and that's worth celebrating. Yeah. So even if even if it's just man, where I could be right now, I can't even imagine where I would be right now if it wasn't for him. And to celebrate that, and then and then if it's you know your own story is filled with a lot of heartache or your own road where you weren't always following the Lord, to let your kids in on that. 
and for them, I think to see the re, the humanity and just the authenticity in your own life is going to draw your kids in because they're going to be like, wow, mom and dad, they're, they're real. They yeah. may not have it all together and they may not have all the answers, but they're pointing me towards Christ and great. I mean, great resource. I don't know if you want to get to it, but yeah, let's, let's real quick here before we, we end, yeah. uh, what are some resources for parents who are, are wanting to dive deeper into the subject, wanting to uh, look at their theology and, and, and their apolo- apologetic abilities? Um, what, what are some, some places that you send them? Yeah. So I think specifically for parents, I would, I would listen to, I listen to a podcast called Maven Truth by Brett Kunkel. Um, he used to be a part of an organization called Stand to Reason, which is the uh, apologetics conference that we were part of last last weekend. That uh, Michael brought his group, I brought I brought our group, and but it's him and his wife really talking about what does that look like to l- raise kids and uh, and parent and with apologetics or just theology in general. Stand to Reason is another great one. Uh, if you're looking for books, I think that. Even though it's a, a odd title, but I think it's really, uh, really beneficial for everyone. But there's a book called Mama Bear Apologetics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's really great. Uh, the Story of Reality by Greg Kokel, uh, Tactics by Greg Kokel. I guess it depends on what you want to get into. Those are just great launch points in general. Uh, but if you want to get into specifics, you could follow Frank Turek with cross-examine. And I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Uh, but parenting, Natasha Crane has some great uh, parenting books. Uh, but I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah. And then also on, on top of that, in somewhere, somewhere with this podcast, we're also going to be releasing uh, a guide for it's something that we use for pathway students for our leaders but we're going to actually give it to parents as well Uh, but it's a guide for how to answer questions Um, and so all it is is a bunch of qr codes and it leads you through hey this is how we answer questions Um, you know what does the bible say about it you know uh, and 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 working through those really through those questions in front of your kids with this this guide so uh, that's all the time we have for today thank you dave for being on we're so glad that you, you hopped in um for all you guys who are listening i hope you have a merry christmas uh, we hope to see you at, at pathways for one of our christmas eve services uh, with that being said have a great holiday season and we'll catch you guys next time on table talk